And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday, everybody. We have a little bit of your action from the weekend covered. Uh, welcome back to the Ding. I'm Dave DeFore, joined by Mo Dakil, who's here every Monday morning. I'm filling in for Jared. Uh, Mo, how did the All-Star break treat you? It was all right, man. I mean, it looks like I got to talk to you right after the All-Star game. You know how it treated me. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because this week, uh, kind of the games kind of snuck up on me. I don't know why, but uh, I felt like we were going to get a little bit longer of a break. But uh, we're back, and uh, we, we already had big games. You know, uh, the, the league has basically been back since Wednesday night, and they didn't waste any time getting into it. And, and to me, the biggest game of the weekend Jazz Warriors on Sunday, and look, the Warriors aren't an awful basketball team, right? Like, they're okay, and and they they have their moments. But if you're the Utah Jazz, this is a disappointing loss for you. Um, the, the Warriors beat them 131-119. Steph Curry was amazing, but uh, look, the Jazz defense just didn't show up for this game, though. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that's kind of becoming troublesome for the, the Jazz really over the last – I'd say about two weeks or so, their defense has kind of fallen off a bit. You're seeing a lot more slippage. And this was a game that you're looking going like, okay, like they got to kind of get back going here. The good news for the Jazz is they were so dominant for so long that like they're still up two and a half games, I think, on the team closest to them in the uh, in in the standing. So they're in pretty good shape. So in that sense, they have time to a little bit of a cushion to, to, to get their defense back in order. But it's. It's a flashpoint. Like you're looking at it going like, man, you got to, you can't give up 131 points. I don't care that it's the Warriors. You can't give up 131 points. Yeah. And they're now four and five in their last nine after that nine game winning streak. And, you know, you, you actually, I think hit the nail on right on the head, which is why it was so important in the first half of this season to bank wins. They have banked a bunch of wins and they do have a nice little cushion, but they've got to figure out how to get it done on the defensive end. And, and, you know, on an, on nights where other teams are hitting threes, they still need to find a way to win. I mean, this is kind of the blueprint with them, similar to the Bucks last year. The Warriors did shoot the lights out. They were 16 of 31 from three, but it, it they weren't killing them at the free throw line. They only shot 18 of them. Uh, they, they definitely shot the lights out. But I think that if you're Utah, you should still be able to win games even when the other team shoots the ball well. Yeah, but you can't give up 56 points in the paint. That's not what Utah does. That's that's really the issue. And it even wasn't even so much like, I'm not trying to pin this on Rudy Gobert. You know, I think a lot of the damage was done when he was off the court. They were plus you know, 11 but, while Rudy was on the court in, in 32 minutes tonight. Yeah, and, and so I think, you know, it's it's when you're looking at it, it's the other guys there and, and, and also just handling the penetration. And then when Rudy has to step up to – stop a, a a drive somebody's got to be there to cover for him and i just don't think they were there in that sense offensively they were fine in this game it was just their defense honestly really felt like that's what let them down in this one 
Well, let's talk about the Warriors because they actually won the game. I mean, Steph Curry has had a few weeks here where I thought he was struggling, you know, the last half of February, but he's looked a lot better the last couple of games. 32 points in this game, six of nine from three, nine assists. He was actually dealing in this game. Oh, he was rolling. Like, this was a really good Curry game. This was one of those things where it was just like he was on fire, hitting shots, finding the right pass on everything he, he was doing in that sense. And, and, and he was rolling. And this was a game that the Warriors needed to see from Curry because really up until this point, up until this game, really, I think this team was shooting like below 30% as a team over their last few games. And it was a real struggle. And I think this was a good confidence builder for them. I mean, look, here's the thing. And you said at the beginning, they're not like a, a great team. The Warriors are a very nice, mediocre team. And they need these kinds of nights from from Curry to, to have a chance. And then they're going to need other help. And they got a lot of help from other guys tonight. That was big for them. Well, I mean, let's, let's jump to the guy who I thought was instrumental, Andrew Wiggins. He came out aggressive early, was 12 of 16 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 28 points. Great game from Andrew Wiggins. I love the way that he was taking advantage of what the defense was giving given to him, especially when he was on the court with Curry. And, man, that guy can be absolutely scary when he's attacking closeouts. That This was a perfect Andrew Wiggins game, I thought. Yeah, this is the Andrew Wiggins game. You, you This is the Andrew Wiggins you were hoping you were going to see on a regular basis. It's the consistency of this, right? Like, okay, we can't see this game and then not see this again for the rest of the month of March, right? Like we, he needs to have this game a couple times a week for this Warriors team. Like that's kind of the importance of, of it, what he has to bring to the table. And like when he's playing like this, they are, they're more than a mediocre team that I just kind of called them. They're, they're better than that. They're, they're up there and they're a tough team to beat in that scenario as the jazz learned. But the thing is, Dave, I don't trust him consistently because we just don't see this on a regular basis. It's one of those things where it's like, great. We saw it on Sunday on March 14th. I have no confidence. I'm going to see this on March 17th or whenever they they play again. Like I, this is the problem with Wiggins. Well, that's the story, right? But you know, uh, Draymond green also had a fantastic game. And I don't know if Steph Curry is the engine Draymond Green is the gasoline. Is that how it works? Because he sets the world on fire. 11 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. But he also had four steals. And to me, those are the indicators with Draymond, the steals and the deflections. That's when you know you're getting that that next level Draymond because he's going to be able to get assists, especially playing around Curry. Uh, but get to get 12 rebounds and four steals, that's huge for him. This was a vintage Draymond game also, like just his performance controlling everything and going. He he had a couple of drives to the rim for, you know, dunks and stuff where I was like, man, like Draymond's actually looking pretty good. This is a completely different Warriors team than what showed up for their game against the Clippers at, at, right after the break where they got completely blown out. Uh, but you saw it in this game, like they had the energy, they had the juice. Draymond was rolling like this was one of those games, you know, like where I was like, OK, this is the Warriors team that we're kind of used to seeing on a regular basis. A little different cast of characters and so on. But this is the team we've come accustomed to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Draymond and Steph, there, there were times there in the fourth where you're just watching Utah try to guard those two. And it's impossible. Uh, you, you talked about getting contributions from other guys. I mean, if, if you look down the bench, uh, uh, Eric Pascal with nine points, they got 16 from James Wiseman, who I thought this was one of the better games he's had this season. He, he put together some really good 
possessions where it was offense, defense, offense, or or defense, offense, defense. And, and to see him string together, you know, multiple change of of offense to defense and keep his head about him and be involved in the action at both ends. I think that's, that's huge for him going forward and his development. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, one of many sequences, cause he had a bunch of them. I think you're right, Dave. He really strung together a bunch of good minutes in this game, but you know, he had one where, you know, I think it was in the third quarter, maybe in the fourth quarter, sorry, but like, you know, rolls to the rim, gets a bucket from a Curry pass comes down the other way, gets a block on Donovan Mitchell, runs the floor in transition. Kelly Oubre finds him for an easy bucket. Like it it was those kinds of things that we were seeing from Wiseman going like, man, like this is the stuff we're seeing. And Clay Thompson was talking him up before the game, talking about like this kid could be a perennial all-star and all of those things. And it's like, these are the kinds of stuff you're seeing from him that you're like, this is what makes him this is how he sticks in the league. This is what's going to make him great as he continues to go if he gets better with this. And if he's on any other team, this isn't a topic of conversation every week, right? Like this is a this is a 19 year old big, and to see him do you know show these flashes, I think is good. Obviously, like you want to see that stuff out of your rookies, but it's good for me just because I'm tired of hearing people talk about how the Warriors definitely should have taken Lamelo. Yeah, they probably should have, but I think Wiseman's going to be pretty good, Mo. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm, it's funny with the whole thing of like the Warriors should have taken LaMelo and all of that. It's like, okay, well then Minnesota should have probably taken Wiseman, right? Like or if we're going to play all Minnesota this. Minnesota should have taken LaMelo, right? Like, <laughs> right, like there's yeah. just all of these, all of these things that we're, we're saying this. This is a guy that's going to fit this team for a very long time. And he's actually going to fit. He fits right now. There's no questions of fit. There's no. They, this was a, a need and all that stuff. I think everybody that's everybody's just upset because we're watching Lamelo put up amazing highlights. And this isn't a shot at Lamelo. He's freaking fun to watch. But it's it's in terms of fit for the Warriors right now. Like this is a good fit, and I think everybody needs to kind of just relax a little bit and let's just see where we're at three years down the line with Wiseman because he's doing this without knowing really how to play basketball at this point. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In a little bit of news, bad news, Joel Embiid's going to miss a few weeks, Mo. Joel Embiid's been diagnosed with a bone bruise in his left knee. Uh, According to an MRI, it showed that his ACL and meniscus are clear. Uh, So he's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. And this is a big deal, Mo. Look, the the Sixers, I think they need to, to keep winning right now. Kevin Durant is hopefully coming back for the Nets. You know, Boston's looking better with with Marcus Smart back. Like, I think that it's important for Philly if they don't want to lose, you know, track of that one seed. I think they need him back soon. Um, are, are you worried at all about Philly during his absence? Yes and no. Like, to be honest, the when you look at it right now, like, they beat the doors off the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday. Um, and it would, without him beat, and this is their first game since the news that he was going to miss some games, you know. But they also beat Chicago without Simmons and Embiid, you know, right out of the All Star break. Like it's worrisome because yes, they need Embiid to really be good, but they also need to learn a little bit how to win games without Embiid and how to kind of win in those minutes. And I think this is something that's going to help them down the road. It's going to hurt them if because they're, they're going to probably lose some games because they don't have Joel Embiid in this scenario. But I think in the long run, it'll help them just because they'll feel everybody will be better as a team. They'll get better feel for it. this gives more opportunities for guys, you know, uh, everybody's got to kind of step up and this is going to be a good thing for them in the long run, assuming Embiid comes back fully healthy. I'm listen, not having Embiid is always not going to be a good thing, but right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, I, I think though, th- th- this is, this is a good opportunity for other guys to step up and for the team to kind of start figuring out other things so that they can maybe help them to adjust down the road. Well, and, and then I think another thing to remember is the 76ers are going to be aggressive at the deadline. I think this could actually speed that timeline up a little bit. They already are, are rumored to be connected to a few big men, at least calling around and, and kicking tires. And so I wonder, Mo, if we might see a deal sooner rather than later, or maybe even a, a, a deal that's a little bit bigger than we expect. I mean, I, I don't know that LaMarcus Aldridge fits there as a backup big, um, but that's not, I mean, that's you could do worse than LaMarcus Aldridge, right? I actually don't think they should even be looking at, if a backup big, Dwight Howard's done a great job for them this year. And I don't think it's even, you know, I, I think it would be a mistake for them to try to bring in another big to take those minutes away from Dwight Howard. He's done a good job. He's earned the spot. I think, you know, you leave it as that is and just kind of move forward. I think the other areas of needs that they have are more important than, than finding a, a big, because there ain't anybody you bring it in that's going to fill Joel Embiid's uh, production up. Well, from the MVP frontrunner, Joel Embiid, to the guy I've got in second place, Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets lost to the Mavs on Saturday. And, you know, it was 116-103. It didn't look pretty, Mo. And I think the Nuggets have some legitimate issues. But before you rip them to shreds, I would just like well, to add I, I the will. context here. It was the second night of a back-to-back for the Nuggets. They, they had a really tight game against Memphis on Friday night. They have to, you know, they've got to travel to Denver. They had a COVID testing issue the day of the game, which made them have to come back to the arena for testing. I'm, I'm going to chalk this up to not only a schedule loss, 
but a procedural loss, Mo. It's the first real procedural loss. You got the second night of a back-to-back, so you've got the schedule there, but then you've got the COVID protocols, and I think you got to cut Denver a little bit of slack for being a little bit out of it. Yeah, they're the only teams, Dave, that are dealing with this. <laughs> they're the only teams that have this. I'm pretty sure Draymond Green has a tweet about the the Warriors having to deal with this exact thing and playing an earlier game than in that scenario. So, I, you know, uh, you can make excuses all you want, Dave. The flat-out thing was they sucked in this game. It had no energy, and I get it. Second night of the back-to-back, it does happen from time to time. But let me just put it to you this way. This is a Nuggets team that we need to start seeing make moves and start playing better as a, as, as a whole, and I mean that merely on the defensive end. And not seeing it. I mean, the fact, listen, you want to talk about the, they played a really tough game against Memphis. They shouldn't be in tough games against Memphis. They're better than Memphis in that sense. They should, that should be a comfortable win for them, you know? And I think those are the things that that's troublesome for, for the nuggets when you look at them moving forward and, you know, you can make all the excuses you want, Dave, but I'm not giving it to them. Well, they, they didn't have Gary Harris in that game. Uh, you know, I think that that's a little bit rough. You're for them. We saw all that in the, the playoffs. Excuses, Dave. <laughs> Line, just excuses, excuses. Well, What's the next one? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about this because I, I think that the, the story of this season has been the up and down play of Jamal Murray. I, I, you know, Jokic to me, I have him pretty firmly as the second guy on my MVP ladder. I know you and I probably disagree on that, but we're splitting hairs. I think he's in that top five conversation. I mean, it's too early to even to even declare anyone in this season the MVP. But he's not getting a lot of help from the guy that they expected to help. You know, Jamal Murray in this game was 4 of 13, 1 of 5 from 3, had 10 points. But he's also not affecting the game elsewhere. He's not getting to the free throw line. He's not really helping him rebound. Uh, you know, we know how the defense goes with him. Sometimes it's, it's great and he's good and physical, and sometimes it just isn't there. And, and you know, that's a big problem to me when, when you're – when your second banana isn't really living up to that billing on a lot more nights than he is. Yeah, no, that's been the massive problem for this team. And really just overall, they just can't seem to get everybody on the same page and rolling on the same night, you know, in this game against Dallas, look, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. put up 23 points. You had Will Barton putting up 23 also. You know, like they're, they're rolling. Jokic has been awesome all season. He's been putting up big numbers and doing his part all season. It's it's everybody else has not really kind of come to play. And on the nights when Murray does step up, the other guys don't show up. It's just been a very tough go for them along this way. And then to go with it, then they're just their defense just hasn't been good all season. You know, and that's that's everybody. That's not just Murray. I think there's lapses constantly. I think you see times where, you, uh, excuse me, Porter's watching the ball and, and and watching the ball go right to his guy for a corner three. It's just, you know, th- th- there's just ma- too many mistakes along those lines. And I think that's kind of been a problem that's hampering the Nuggets altogether. So, I mean, is there an easy solution here for the Nuggets, like schematically with with what they have happening on that team? Or do you think it's a roster construction issue? Like they obviously lost Jeremy Grant and they lost Torrey Craig. Do you think that they've got to go out and find that guy? I mean, I know it's funny because I keep bringing up Jay Crowder uh, and how every team needs Jay Crowder every single year. Uh, But do the Nuggets need a guy like Jay Crowder? They're not getting him because he's not leaving Phoenix. But I I don't know who that guy is. But like, is that the, the sort of piece that they're missing? Like they're a team that could make a big trade 
you know, I don't know if there's going to be the big trade available to them. You know, the guy like, listen, like Bradley Beal would be a perfect fit for this team. You know, I thought Drew Holiday at the start of the season, excuse me, in the offseason would have been a great fit for them. But, you know, they, they, they didn't make those moves. But just when I look at their roster, they got the guys, Dave. It's not like I, I, I they got guys that can do it. I'm not overall like, wow, they just don't have the talent. They just got to put it together. And I don't even know how much of it is schematically as much as like, I know he's not allowed to do it. But Mike Malone almost needs to slap some of these guys going like, all right, wake up. Let's go. It's time to play. Let's let's get this thing rolling here and get back to what we we used to do. They are hurt, you know, with you know, Jermichael Green just hasn't panned out. The idea of Jermichael Green is always greater than what Jermichael Green actually is. Every team goes to, he thinks they're going to be, he's going to be this such a great piece for them and it never really pans out. And all of those things matter, but you know, they, they got the pieces. They just got to start playing better. It's that simple. I, it's, we hate it in coaching. The, the answer is not just play better, but you know <laughs> what? In this case, it really kind of is guys just, just do better. Well, it's so funny because like we always try to come up with these reasons and sometimes it really is just like, oh, no, you're just kind of playing like shit right now. So just do better than than what you're doing now. All right. Well, look, the other team in this game actually won the game. OK, uh, you could say the Nuggets lost, but really, I think Dallas just beat them pretty handily. And when you look at what Dallas has been doing for the last few weeks leading into the break and now since it starts with them making open shots. Finally, they are no longer the worst team in the league on open catch and shoot threes. This is such a huge deal for them because it is literally what they're off. They generate these looks. Luca didn't stop generating these looks. His teammates stopped making them. And now that they're hitting at something north of 34%, lo and behold, they're winning games. And this is another example of it. Luca had a fantastic game again, 21 points, 12 assists, five rebounds. It's basically like clockwork at this point. But I want to talk about Porzingis because he's sort of been the whipping boy. And I would argue a little bit unfairly to the degree that that certainly he is dealing with physical limitations of some sort, whether it's uh, conditioning because of no training camp, no basketball activities and, and things like that coming back from the injury. We, we know from Tim Cato's reporting at The Athletic that the timeline for him sort of got sped up a little bit when the league decided they were coming back at Christmas versus the end of January. So he was already starting behind the eight ball. But what we saw in this game after after the extended break at All-Star, I thought was a reinvigorated and looking like a healthier Porzingis. What did you think? Yeah, no, I think it's the times helped, you know, and it's a, it's a ramp up period. I think the, the expectation we always have when guys come back from injuries, is like, okay, two games, then they're fine. You know, <laughs> then they should be ready to roll. That's, that's, that's what we decide, you know, and, 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 it, and it's very much a, uh, nonsensical number because everybody's body is going to be different and handle these things differently. And, you know, when you look at it with Porzingis, the thing that sh- shows you he's more comfortable is look at his defense. You know, this game, he came away with three block shots like that. That's the thing where it's like, okay, he's defending again. He's doing a good job around the rim, something that he was doing last season that he really hasn't done at the start of this year. He's feeling more comfortable with those things. I think as this continues, you know, and if good health continues for him, I think you'll see him again more and more comfortable. But 
we should be expecting these types of games from him. 25 points, six rebounds is even kind of low, Dave. I think he should have more than that. I think he should be in the <laughs> nine to 10. I think he should be having a double double, but he'll get there. He can get there in that sense. But comfortable wise, offensively, he was great. Taking advantages of the smalls, taking them into the post and shooting over them because he's 12 feet tall and then five or seven from three on top of it. Like they're just in good shape, you know, and I think he's more comfortable now with that knee and has more confidence as he's moving forward. Well, a lot of people are going to focus with him on the offensive side, but I'm glad you brought up the three blocks because that's the big thing that has been a killer for Porzingis. That's the stuff where he hasn't looked like himself. And I think that now if he's going to be back and you can trust him on the back line again to come over and be that helper, all of a sudden Dallas becomes a much better team. Because they're not having to, you know, they're not trying to have to find ways to plug that hole, right? Like they've got the guy who they're paying to do that job actually doing that job. And now everything else can fall into alignment. Yeah, I mean, it all starts with the back line. I mean, their defense is always going to – we know this team is going to be good offensively. Like, there's not really – even when they weren't making shots, Dave, it was like, okay, but those shots will fall at some point. Like, they'll be fine. It was their defense that was very troubling. And this is a year we're looking at it going, like, they should be better defensively. Josh Richardson also had a great game this this game. And, and, and I think when he's doing well offensively, it fuels his defense. I think they're rolling in that sense. They're in pretty good shape there. And, and if this is the Porzingis they get the rest of the way defensively, they'll be fine yep well that's gonna do it for today's show folks don't forget about all the other pods we've got on the athletic podcast network go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up now if you're not already a subscriber we got jason concepcion mr network himself on basketball buds that'll be dropping today so check that out for mo i'm dave thank you guys enjoy your day got rid of the thing dave As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.